And gentlemen, in just 25 minutes, we will be talking with Debbie Holiday live on the telephone. She's in Los Angeles. We're in San Francisco on House of Pride Radio. We'll be catching up with her and hearing all about what went into making Waiting for a Lifetime such a big hit. Right now, why don't we listen to some music from local uh, talent, some local drag queen talent. As a matter of fact, here is Sheena Rose with her latest dance EP. She's out there too, folks. This one is entitled Private Dancer. Yes, that Private Dancer. Sheena Rose, this is the Tweaker Turner Remix.
Ladies and gentlemen, as we warm things up, getting ready for the Debbie Holiday live interview on the telephone at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, we are listening to local drag sensations Sheena Rose with her latest private dancer. Not to be outdone, BB Sweetbriar is on the scene with a big, big, big dance hit of her own entitled Clinging House, a song she wrote, co-wrote with Lil Frappier. Here now is BB Sweetbriar Clinging House, the Dirty Disco remix. We love Dirty Disco. Shout out to them in Houston, Texas. Thank you. 
both Phoebe Sweetbriar and Sheena Rose are from San Francisco, both residing in San Francisco doing their drag diva thing. But over in Oakland Hills, we have the legend herself, Miss Jeannie Tracy, rocking it out year after year with dance diva hits after dance diva hits. Here's one from a recent hit produced by Dirty Disco, Jeannie Tracy, entitled Absolute Danger.
All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back at House of Pride Radio. I've got one half of my fabulous 6.30 interview with me right now. That is the legendary DJ himself in the house, Mr. DJ Phil B. Legendary, I like that. <laughs> You're still living, though. <laughs> I'm still living, yeah. I'm a li- living legendary, yeah. Well, Phil, why don't we warm things up uh, as we get ready for our 6.30 interview with... Miss Debbie Holiday, <laughs> with one of your great remixes uh, from her, because you and her go way back, and we want to hear about it. Yeah, we've uh, known each other a very long time, and we've uh, collaborated since uh, since we've known each other. And she's one of my closest friends, and one of the most fabulous dance music singers and rock singers. Well, we're going to hear the, your mix on the new one, but right now, let's go back a little bit to uh, Never. Give Up. Tell us about that one real fast. That is a cover version of a track from 1991. Um, it's an Italian house record. It wasn't really, uh, it was kind of unknown. And it was one of my fav- favorite tracks when I first started DJing in the early years. And uh, I always wanted to cover it. And I thought, who better than the fabulous Miss Delectable Miss Debbie Holiday? And uh, she knocked it out. And it's very, very simple track, very fun. And uh, yeah, it went to number, it went top 10. So we were very happy. All right, all right, folks. Well, we're going to listen to it right now. Never give up the Phil B mix. When we come back, we'll have Debbie Holiday on the phone. Are you excited? I am. I am very excited. I just saw her already, and I'm going to talk to her again. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. House Pride Radio.
que vous avez demandé n'est pas attribué ou n'est pas accessible. Votre appel ne peut aboutir. Le numéro que vous avez demandé n'est pas attribué ou n'est pas accessible. Votre appel ne peut aboutir. Debbie Holiday, ladies and gentlemen, live, live on the air of House of Pride Radio. Debbie, hold on, I'm going to lower the song we're listening to right now from you. All right. I know that song. <laughs> uh, all right. Yes. Okay, I can hear Debbie. Phil B, can you hear Debbie? Not really. <laughs> but I'm channeling her through ESP. <laughs> We're that connected. Let me turn up the volume on Debbie's side. Okay. Debbie, welcome to House of Pride Radio. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. Phil B just walked in. He's going to co-host with me this fabulous interview with you. Thank you for your time. I know. I just live oh. down the road. He just lives down the road from this <laughs> I radio just roll. Station. I just like crawl here. In a drunken stupa. Yes. Even though I don't drink. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm making it up. I'm making it up. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. So, how, how is everyone? <laughs> we, we're doing good. Well, I'm, I'm over the moon on your latest hit. Who I, Now, I started my show with, um, uh, uh, with one of the mixes. You have a bunch of re- remixes out on this hot EP entitled Waiting for a Lifetime. Now, currently at number 18 with a strong bullet on Billboard Club Chart. Now, this is a song that you wrote, is that correct? Yes. Yes. Um, I wrote it uh, when I put out my record, Free to Be, the double album. Um, one of the perks uh, was that I'd write a song for you and, uh, and or with you. And uh, Todd Wilson, um, uh, who is in North Carolina, had been waiting to get married 
uh, to the man of his life, the love of his life, for many, many years. Um, this was in 2015, before 2016 rolled along and made it the law of the land. So it was originally written for marriage equality. Um, and then as I started singing it a couple of times at to live shows, I realized that people were responding to it not just as a marriage equality song, but also because all of us have something we feel like we've been waiting for a lifetime for, whether it's, you know, uh, if you're a minority, <laughs> if you're <laughs> just equality in general. Um, Absolutely. Whatever, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I realized it was a lot more universal than I even thought, um, which made me very happy. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of this song because, you know, it means a lot to my heart and what I stand for. Um, that always makes a great song when the message can be about one thing and but also un- a universal message that transitions to other things as well like other people you can re- relate to it on other levels I mean who hasn't waited for a lifetime for something Phil yeah I think we, I think right. everybody has right and this is something that right. should be celebrated and sung about and written about and you know and it has. And it has. And thanks <laughs> thanks to Debbie. It and it's uplifting, so it's not, you know, it's a dance song. It's a, it's a an anthem. gravitated towards the, the clubs, and you have this amazing EP. Can you tell us a little about what went into it? Um, you know, it, uh, it started with the original mix that I did with my co-writer, Jeff Bidak. Um, and, um, I, you know, I just, I have this lovely... Uh, luckily, stable of friends who um, happen to be super crazy talented, like Phil B and Dirty oh. Disco and Larry Peace and Russ Rich and Tawika Turner, who create these amazing mixes that I am in awe of because I write the song and then handing over vocals to someone and saying, hey, let me hear your spin on it. Is, um, it's an amazing process. Um, so yeah, I, I started a new label um, and put it out on my own label so I can control what happens to it, <laughs> which is always Oh, great. that's exciting, Debbie. What, what is the name of your label? Mocha Music. Mocha Music, Phil. There you go. Mocha, Mocha Music. Music. Yeah. We are officially yeah. remixes on Debbie's new label, Mocha. Very proud. Music. I'm proud, too, and, and um, humbled. I well, mean, but, yeah. because fantastic. I mean, the thing is, when you when you get something from Debbie, when you get some vocals from Debbie, you know it's going to be top notch, and you know that when you go into the studio with it, you have a lot more options, and you know you can give a a good finished, polished product. You know, so it's, and, and you yeah. and Debbie go way back. Can you can you tell me? Do you remember the first time you you uh, your paths crossed? No, because it was such a long time ago. <laughs> I've forgotten. No, <laughs> he was nineteen. He was like sixty-seven or sixty-eight. I was like, yeah, oh was, my god! <laughs> no, it was. We got introduced through Andrew Briskin, didn't we? Yes, we did, almost definitely. And I think the first time we met, I want to say it was San Francisco, but it might have been Miami. I think it was either. Yeah, it was Miami. I think it was Miami. Was it the late nineties? Late nine. Well, no, it couldn't have been because two thousand four is when Dive came out. Okay, so it was so, like okay, early, so, early two thousand. Yeah. yeah, probably two thousand five. I know it was when it was when they still had the Billboard conferences. Oh. 
So yeah. then we've gone from New York to Miami. So it might have been like 2005, the Miami Music Festival or Winter Conference. I think I think that's what it was. I mean, we performed together. I mean, I've DJed for Debbie while she's been performing at like the, the San Diego Zoo Party, the the Miami Winter Party, the the White. You know, we've done so many together. After a while, they're all so fabulous. They kind of blur after a while. Right. <laughs> Last Wednesday at the Palm Springs Halloween Parade. Oh, that's. Rocker. That's it right. How did was, that go? Tell us a little bit about that. Party, I'll let Debbie, let Debbie tell <laughs> okay. you. It was fun, but Debbie tell it you. It was ridiculously fun. Um, they did. I just, I, I love when people um, care about the quality of the performances and the fun and the joy that's put out. And it was absolutely like I had mirror problem. Uh, Jeff Hawker was fantastic to work with. The stage was amazing, amazing crowd. Yeah. Um, I love Palm Springs and I love the energy and you know Halloween. Come on, yes. fantastic costumes. I couldn't keep up. Fabulous. How many songs did you get to uh, perform in your set? Well, it's great because I did. Uh, I thought my two worlds collide, so I did a rock and roll set with my band, and I also did three songs to track of my dance music. It was, so it was like it was amazing to hear you like that. Actually, I'd never seen you perform any of your rock. I know that's so funny. You had said that, like when I was about to walk up on stage, you're like, you know, I've never seen this. I'm like, what? I know. I was so I was I was more excited about that than anything because she brought her whole band with her. That's a big undertaking, and you, you forget like um, often like the the chart diva on the charts have all these other sides to them. They're not just doing da- dance music, uh, you know. I think that's what makes Debbie so good. Mm-hmm. And and it's it, I love the juxtaposition between dance diva and the success there, and then the success you've had for many years now uh, in the rock genre. Tell us a little bit about the origins of that. I'm in- interested in knowing more. Well, you know, I, I, I grew up a, a little little rich mulatto kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that explains it. <laughs> right? um, and, you know, it's funny because being black, although rock and roll to me came from the blues, but uh, there are as many black folks necessarily sometimes into, because people always ask me, do you sing jazz or R&B? It's like, I got into rock, which I'm mostly predominantly white school and in, in Bel Air. And everybody I knew was listening to rock and roll. What and, artists particularly uh, resonated with you back in the day? Hands down, 100%, David Bowie. Ah. David Bowie, David Bowie, David Bowie. Then Aerosmith, ACDC, mm-hmm. um, but, but Bowie, 100%. And I think the first time I heard his lyrics, I felt, and I saw him, because I always felt different than everyone. I guess we all do sometimes. And, um, uh, different in a sort of like maybe there's something wrong with me way and watching him and hearing his lyrics with headphones on I remember the first time I felt like oh if he feels like that and puts those those kinds of thoughts together I must be okay because he looks pretty damn cool <laughs> he's amazing <laughs> yeah so he is inspiring to many people um, yeah yeah so that's you know and then I at like 16 17 left home and started my own band you know Oh, you, you left home for a glam band. That's fabulous, Bill. I love that story. Now, did you, at this time, were you discovering you had a voice? Yeah, I think I always knew I had one. I tried to stay away from it because my dad was a successful songwriter, so I was trying not to follow in his footsteps, but then I got my first guitar at, like, 15, and it was like, oh, damn, I'm not going to be a dancer, am I? I'm not going to be a prima donna <laughs> ballerina. 
<laughs> Word up, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, listening to House of Pride, Debbie's dad wrote, put a little love in your heart. Is that correct? Fabulous yeah. song. That is a, it's a classic. It will it never go classic. away. Yeah. It's forever it's, enshrined just, in American culture, worldwide like, culture. It's crazy. We were just driving back from Palm Springs, my boyfriend and I, and he had never seen the Sunny and Cher version, so <gasps> I had to pull that up. Sunny and Cher. I've never, I've never heard that version. How do you, tell me, when did they do it's that? On, it's on YouTube. Also, they did my dad's song, All I Ever Need Is You. I know that one. <clears throat> and it's just so fantastic watching Cher move her hair around, singing her song. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, why don't we listen to some of the, the uh, tracks, uh, a little samples of your new EP, Waiting for a Lifetime. This is the hit, the current hit at the moment. It's number 18, Climbing, on Billboard Club Chart. That must be exciting. This is uh, how many, this is now it's top 20. How many, uh, do you keep count of how many top 20s you've, you've uh, accomplished? Who, me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a school card somewhere. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, I do. And it's funny because I've had four number fives. Oh. And, and two of them have been on my own label. So I'm like, you know, I've got like the, the shaman and, you know, I'm m- m- doing the rain dance. I'm praying for the number one. <laughs> yeah, because we can't have you be a Susan Lucci the whole, the whole <laughs> time. No, we've got to get you number one, girl. Well, it's a, that's right, folks. So support your loco dance thieving artists like Debbie Holiday. Rock it out. By going to iTunes or all major distribution sites right now and downloading the single, uh, requesting it. Uh, are you allowed? Feel are people still allowed to request songs at venues? Or they do sometimes. They ask. Yeah, uh, I feel like they're they, not supposed to. They ask me, "Can I play Nikki Fromage or Cardigan B?" Oh, that must make you happy yes and I say you see this what's going on on my dance floor right now I'm not stopping that (laughs) (laughs) what if they held what if they said would you play the new Debbie Holiday oh then yes I'll I'll drag them into the booth and make them play it yes of course (laughs) anything to play Debbie Holiday All right, ladies and gentlemen listening to us that's what you need to do is go next time you're dancing go up to your DJ politely please politely yeah it depends on how they ask them to play the new Debbie Holiday it's entitled Waiting for a Lifetime well let's Phil since you're here why don't we listen to your contribution my one okay yeah Tell us about it. Lead us into it. What, what do we... We... Um, well, when do, I first did a mix for you like a year ago or two years ago, right? Yes. And yes. I did a, did a down-tempo mix. Mm-hmm. And it almost... I mean, I kind of just envisioned, envisioned Duran Duran, Save a Prayer. Okay. I thought it reminded me of that. I don't know why. I just did. And so I did like a down-tempo 116 version. And it came ah. out okay. But it really should have been... I mean, this is an anthem. Yeah. You know? So there's a chill-out mix that we may leak or put out i'm not sure yet <laughs> okay speaking speaking of that i i someone let me know recently that you may be connected to this new mixer tool and die can you tell me anything <laughs> about that oh yeah there's a there's you someone's doing a remix for you on this new track and uh the the remixer is called tool and die tool and die i heard it's very very good mm-hmm. it's very hush hush yes yeah, very hush yeah. top secret Yes, a lot of ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a ton of mixes on this. I'm just looking at we're looking at iTunes right now, and how many? There's eleven or 
Well, there's 11 of those. Chris Koss just did a mix that came out last week. Okay. Um, I still have another one coming from uh, Dirty Disco. Uh, Tweakas will be on iTunes soon. Yay! Um, <laughs> yeah, you just have to dole them out slowly and set yeah. for billboard, and, and it's you know it's it's a slower process, and you got to keep everybody happy for a longer kind of time. It's sort of like, you know, I De- Debbie knows the ropes, Phil. Yeah, yeah she's, I, have to, I have to give her credit because she, her timing, the pacing, mm-hmm. is just impeccable. I mean, so you've got like well, five... it's almost like if you walk into, you know, if you have too much to play with at once, you just get confused. It's you overwhelming, have have a, yeah. Yeah, you have yeah. a few things, you know, every couple of weeks to, to, to you know, see which palette uh, might suit you. Awesome. Well, folks, this is on Debbie's... Uh, Brand new label, Mocha Music. Mocha Music. Uh, it's a top 20 hit, rising on Billboard. Again, support this song. I want you to hear now. Philby and Leo Frappier. Yes. Waiting for a lifetime. Here it goes. It's buffering. Yes, yes, entering into that amazing group verse. <laughs> Waiting for a lifetime, Philby and Leo Frappier. That was a hot mix, Phil. I'm so I'm so happy about with it. it uh, every time I hear it, I get goosebumps. And I think I did that. <laughs> Our green room was filling up, and they were like moving to it too. That we want to say shout out. They're coming in later. Peter Fogel is out there in the green room. Hey, Peter and Jim Provenzano. Hello, Jim. All right, and I do believe my co-host was late but she's now here somewhere raza hey raza raza once again folks you she says hello debbie once again folks you're listening to the one and only debbie holiday here on house of pride radio this is a fabulous show with uh phil b sitting right next to me right now the one and only dj phil b (laughs) (laughs) the one and only it was so great seeing you on Wednesday or whatever day that was. <laughs> yeah, whichever. It felt like a week. It was weeks. It felt like a weekend or it should have been a weekend. And the next day exactly. I kept thinking it's Monday. Same Halloween in the middle of the week with a big huge party. You're like, oh, tomorrow's Sunday, right? Because that was, must have been a Saturday. And it, they, it was a really, really good setup. I have to say, Jeff. Is it Jeff? Um, he, he, Jeff was one of the infamous legendary bartenders at, at Universe Pleasure Dome back in the day. He now lives in Palm Springs and throws this event um, every Halloween. And it was a good setup. The sound was great. The stage was great. And just to see Debbie with her entourage her band and they were the most amazing people band members and the camaraderie and i have i'm so blessed i have i have these amazing musicians that are like you know my bass player plays with steve by and Derek gay who was on guitar has his own career he's up he just opened for splash he's so cute now like (laughs) dimples d we call him dimples d dimple d that's right dimples d he's so lovely 
Yeah, and I just, you know, my my guitar player, my other guitar player is my co-writer I've known for 20 years. So it's like, I'm really super blessed. Brian Holly on drums, Paul Trudeau is with um, uh, Billy Idol, my keyboard player plays with Billy Idol. So it's like, you know, if you're going to get a band together, yeah, not so bad. <laughs> and you performed some uh, great songs. You did, uh, you did Help, the, a cover oh. version of the Beatles, Help. Oh, awesome. And it was so, so good. I mean, when you hear, hear you. Debbie perform rock, you see how her wide range and what she she can sing and almost anything. I mean, it's crazy. did how did you um how did you arrange the, the I guess uh, the, the tone, arrangement the, the arrangement help. the tone the way you sang it was it different from the original or did you stay close? I stole it from Tina Turner. Yeah, um, I was going to ask yeah. you because she did it like a soulful rendition. She did uh, a version at Wembley. Live, and that's the only one. I don't know if it was actually recorded that way, except for the you know the uh, live version at Wembley. And oh yeah, just full on soulful Tina. It's like you know <laughs> when I was young, so much younger than today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what a rare treat! An acapella. I'm telling you now, like it. she can mimic my voice. She can she can do anyone. She's like, you should do TV well, you commercial know, voiceovers. You know what they say, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, family tree. <laughs> <laughs> Darling, that's absolutely not true at all. I never mimic you, darling. See, see, I, see, I don't sound too bad, actually. I feel like I'm listening to myself. Philby, I love your voice. You do? That, yeah, you have, you have such a great voice. Thank you. So Every right. now and then, they, someone will say, you can drop the fake accent. It's not working for you, which is kind of rude. But, and I turn around and say, well, I figure if Madonna can do it, so can I. Perfect. <laughs> oh, my co-host uh, is here. Hi, Raza. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? How are you? Great. She got stuck in traffic, right? Got stuck in, yeah. Did traffic. you? Oh, of course. I, yes. always, I always say that, too. I am, yes. <laughs> So, Debbie, Raza is a dancer and also an artist. How would you describe yourself, Raza? I... Gorgeous. <laughs> I do all kinds of dance and music, uh, world music, lots of world music and dancing. Yeah. And electronic oh, yay. music. Electronic, too. That's right. Mm. Um, you wrote a song called Make the Quake, right? Make yes, the Quake. Yes, and you did a remix I, of that. A tweak, it seems like Tweak is doing a remix for any, anywhere I can get a chance. I know. She's a terrible whore for remixes. I am a whore for Yes. <laughs> but that's fabulous. You're, you're doing really well. Yes, on the charts, yeah. top, top, with top 10, right? Um, I'm grateful, but I want to get back to waiting for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, we were waiting for a lifetime for this interview. I, I'm always waiting for a lifetime, Debbie, <laughs> for something. This back is. to the part about you being a whore. I'm a, I'm a whore. Uh-oh. I can't uh, say it like an American says it. A whore. A whore. A slot. You should know. A slag. You should know your lot in life, Phil. A slag. A slag. A slag. You slag. <laughs> I keep when every time I look at Phil B, I always think of one word, but I can't say it on the air. Yes, it begins with a C, and we're not going to say it because I'm in the presence of two lovely ladies. Yeah. but you can mention don't, my T-shirt. Don't take our show down. Uh, what your shirt says, I put out, which of course is a, a true statement. Common knowledge. <laughs> yes, with a fire extinguisher. With it's, a fire extinguisher. It's written in legend. Yes. Yeah. So it's a it's a double entendre, tongue in cheek, which is pretty much sums me up. Yes, cheeky. Cheeky, monkey, cheeky. You are cheeky. You are a cheeky bastard. <laughs> he is. He's cute, too. Why, thank you, Miss Kensington. <laughs> 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 Love is in the air. 
So uh, I want to redirect our attention to your fabulous EP because we just listened to Phil, your mix. Yeah. You were in Leo Frappier. Shout out to Leo. There has to be a better one than my mix. There has to be. I don't know. You're, actually, you're, you have the largest bar. You know how you have the bars? Shut up. <laughs> Well, you have the largest bar. That's that's legendary well, that's too. that's common sense too. Yeah, yeah. But I just noticed that. <laughs> also, common knowledge. Common, common knowledge. Yeah. Do you know? I Even never, Debbie knows that. I never looked at this Debbie before. You know, in on iTunes it says popularity. And then you can see which is the most popular song, and I've never bothered looking at that. I love showing you new things, so here yes, you are. to make my head even bigger. No, <laughs> well, actually, Larry, Larry Peace is doing well. Is that? Am I pronouncing his name right, Debbie? You are, yes, Larry Peace. And I just booked, I'll be singing uh, his version of Waiting for a Lifetime at the Saloon in Minneapolis. <gasps> mm. Oh, you're going to um, Minneapolis. This I am. I haven't been in like three. Well, I actually went with my boyfriend just to go visit, but I haven't performed there because <laughs> his sister lives there. I haven't performed there um, in like four or five years. I'm really looking forward to it. This is a legendary club, isn't it, De Debbie? It's been around for a very long time. Yes. So I have heard. Yes. So I'm it's very excited. I, I haven't met Larry. So that's the other thing about doing mixes. You get to. You know, you travel and you get to meet new people and, and take takes you places that you might not normally go. Um, and it just you just get to meet so many cool humans. It's such a blessing. Well, let's have a listen uh, of Larry's mix. Yeah. Uh, Waiting for a Lifetime, Debbie Holiday, the Larry Peace remix. Here goes. That was a Larry piece. I, I, I'm feeling that bass line, Debbie. Right? That's some funk, y'all. Okay. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's beautiful, Debbie. Really, really beautiful. I tried to do that with the first mix, but I didn't do it that well. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, folks, here's an example of why you should get the whole EP, because each uh, remix has a different flavor. So... It will like it, you know. It appeals to all your different DJs. So do, the, so do these chocolates oh, that we're stuffing you, in our face. You go ahead. Mm. So um, here it is, folks. Go to iTunes or wherever you like to go to download your music. For just nine ninety nine, you can get eleven 
remixes all of that and um, I guess information on the EP and you can also listen and vote not vote but uh, leave comments so let's listen to one more Debbie do you have a preference um, yeah, how about some oh god geez, I can't say either, either Russ Rich or Dirty Disco uh, oh. you and Russ and Rich like, go way back don't you we do, and that's another thing. And I, it's, it's amazing how many of these guys I go way back with that are also damn talented. And there's also the Juanma uh, Escudero and Sex Mix. They're from Spain, and they. So I'm so excited that it's been all over Spain. <laughs> this this song is. Um, are they doing a mix of this song, Debbie? Yeah, yeah. It's, that's um, brilliant. Yeah, it's on there. It's on the the first remix, the first uh, EP. And the, and it's getting played in Spain right now, right? Yes, I, I'm constantly seeing his posts, and it's wonderful. Like, you know, I'm booking my flight to Ibiza right now. Yes. <laughs> All right, do it before Brexit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. I'm looking for Russ's mix. Well, I see yeah. Dirty Disco's mix. Should we just do Dirty Disco Main Room? Is there? Um, yeah. It's not on there. Yeah. Fantastic. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah, do Dirty Disco. All right. So everyone knows Dirty Disco. If you're ever in Texas and in Houston, go to their establishment. Well, they have the Eagle. The Eagle, which you've played at. Not yet. Oh, no. not yet? But we love JD and Mark. JD, and they're, yeah. They're very talented. We love JD and Mark. Yeah, very yeah. talented. Like, very nice guys. Very nice guys. Professional. Very nice. Yeah. They, they also, also uh, Mark has a hamburger Mary's now. There's, there's, a whole lot, there's a whole lot of Mark in Houston. Yep. They're also doing, uh, they also own Ham- Hamburger Mary's and one other establishment that's new and I don't remember the name of it. Do you know? I'm not sure. But shout out to those guys. They are remixing uh, lots of music and turning it out. Um, Consistently. Yeah. They're, they're a great brand and they're bringing their yeah. talent to Debbie Holiday's project. Once again, entitled Waiting for a Lifetime, a song she wrote from the heart. Here goes Dirty Disco, Waiting for a Lifetime. Waiting for a lifetime, the Dirty Disco remix. So, what do you think of that one? Look, here's the thing with this package, with this song. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're all good they're all really really top-notch mixes and they've, they've all got different directions different feels different vibes and you know it's what debbie does she chooses her who she collaborates with very wisely and very carefully and that's why i think it's always a success quality quality street <laughs> which is what we're eating we're stuffing our faces with chocolate quality street Oh, yes. Debbie yeah, said thank you. She it. appreciates that comment. No, she is very, very... There's a woman that knows what she's doing. She's very, very clever, very smart, talented. And I'm, I'm also... Um, uh, uh, thank you for that. But I, I also really like working with good people. It really matters to me. It really, really matters. And I, I'm... Again, I feel so blessed that I know so many people like you and Russ Rich and Mark and like just all these really great people and Twika. I mean, first of all, mm. what an amazing job you do as an interviewer <laughs> to start with that. Your mix is fantastic. Like just creative people out there on the planet willing to take risks and work on something new and just be good humans. It's um I think especially right now the way things are on mm. our planet. Um, it's especially awesome. So thank you guys. Thank you for, for pushing my record and being so sweet but Thank you for being amazing people. Seriously. Oh, you're, you're welcome. But thank you for being the light that's shining bright and mm-hmm. guiding us to the dance floor where we can express ourselves and be free. Mm-hmm. But not only yes! there. I mean, that's where yes! I go. But I mean, <laughs> wherever you guys go. <laughs> that's right. That's one thing that brings people together. There's not many things that do that anymore. But one thing is music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Music, right? The art form of music. It's so mm-hmm. powerful. And Debbie, you're doing it. It's equal opportunity expression. Yes, I like that. I like that too. That's true. And um, thank you for that gift um, and giving it, you know, sharing it with us. What do you have coming up, Debbie? Yeah. You're going to you're going to the saloon, the legendary saloon in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Saloon. Yep. I'll be at Hunter's uh, on the 29th of December. I'll be up there in San Francisco for Help is on the Way, December 10th. Oh, Help is That's on the Way. Right. That's that big Christmas event. I uh, I've uh, big Christmas event. covered that yeah, two years ago. Can you tell us about that real quick? Where where is that, Debbie? You know what? I I actually have to look it up. I think it's at the front. Oh my, it's different from the well, last event. Well, I'll tell you what, um, Debbie, when that gets closer to the event, let's do a, another shout out on the telephone and promote it. Yeah. Just tell folks where they can to. buy tickets. It's like December the 8th or 9th, isn't it, Debbie? It's actually Monday, December 10th. It's at the Marines Memorial Theater. Oh, there you go. Okay. So we'll be seeing, um, we'll be seeing yeah. Debbie soon. Do you know, if, uh, I think you can just go to the website or uh, yeah, Google it's on Help the is on the way yeah. and it'll direct you to tickets to, for this yes, fabulous event. Yes, and you could go to reef.org, R-E-A-S.org for tickets. Okay, well, there you go. Now, where can yeah. uh, p- people listen to us and they want to know more about you? Where they can? Where can they go to learn? Your website? Or the, uh, the easiest way that I, I don't always do much if someone else actually handles my my uh, Facebook uh, fan page. But my, my Facebook fan page, my personal one, I'm on it all the time. I have lots of interaction with people. My website is there. Um, and as far as purchasing music, it's, you know, there's iTunes and all the, as you said, Amazon and Google Play and all, all of those. Um, but, yeah, to, to go to learn... Facebook. I'm very active. I had my little voting <laughs> yes. yesterday. I was very excited about that. Loved voting. Um, oh, I voted too. That felt good. 
Mm-hmm. Voting, it getting the vote really in. It's good. There's, mm-hmm. there's something, I don't know, it's a very proud moment. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, you know, didn't didn't get all of the things I wanted, but I was fairly happy with some of the, most of the races. Good. Yeah, you know, yeah. we live in a yeah. conflicted country, so, uh, you know, if we can well, all meet it in the center at the table, that's that's a great place to meet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a, it's a wake-up call, isn't it? <laughs> you know? It really is. Yeah. It really is. And Spencer would be fantastic. We're so far off the grid now. Spencer yeah. would be wonderful. I'm, I'm really good with center. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Very fast. Well, oh, and I should mm-hmm. mention, I'm at Riches in San Diego on December 8th. Oh, you you got like a, quite yep. a few things coming up. You're going to be busy. Itinerary. Yeah. I, I do. And then Key West for New Year's Eve. Oh, well, f- I, I, you know, hands up. I mean, you know, really. <laughs> <laughs> so you got so you got back-to-back <laughs> gigs. That was that was unintentional. <laughs> so Sandy, so you got, <laughs> S- Palm, you got San Francisco, San, uh, uh, San Diego, Palm Springs, Key West. West. Who is and your then, uh, booking uh, agent? And, <laughs> yeah, who is your booking agent? <laughs> I want to say, is it Troy? I feel like... <laughs> no, no. It's Troy. It, it is Troy. It's Troy Blonsky. Oh, it um, is. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I, I knew yeah. that. There you go. <laughs> Tweaker knows everything. <laughs> but that's I'll fabulous. Be, uh, I'll be in Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It just gets bigger and She's bigger just well. reeling them off so, so like, nonchalant. <laughs> I love it. And this and this hasn't even gone to number one yet. Imagine when it goes to number one. Right? And February 14th through March 9th, I'm at uh, in PV at a place called Act Two Stages, where I do my Queens of Rock show for a month. Ooh, yeah. That's um, oh, she has a residency. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know that yeah. extra luggage? Yeah. You're putting me in that. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Yes, Phil. You have to. You have to join the the, the party. I just. I'll go in the doggy cage in the in the cargo. I don't mind. Put a leash on me. Just come to PV. Come to PV, and I'm doing the Jeffrey Sanker party of February 16th. I'm going to come. Let's go to PV. Let's all go to PV. Come to go to some of the. I would. I would like Key West. Sounds fun to me. Yeah, Key West. Yeah, a PV though. Yeah. That's a I, good place I, I haven't to. done. This will be my third year in PV, but I haven't done uh, Key West and the Shoe Drop, and it's going to be. Oh, I'm so excited! Well, we wish you the best, uh, um, you know, in safe travels, and we are going to talk to you again towards uh, your your trip here to San Francisco. Yeah. Fantastic, uh, and I better see you guys somewhere, somehow. Oh, you will. Lunch. I'll go. Okay. Help is on the way. Yeah. I, went, I went there, We're I think coming. it was two years ago, I went to that event. That was great. Yeah. That was when Mary Wilson was there from the Supreme, uh, oh. former Supreme member Mary Wilson. Mm. Yes, it's such a great organization. My first time was a couple months ago, and I just, I love what they do, so I'm thrilled to go back. They raise a lot of money uh, for Thank good you. causes, and the stage is great. It's like, it's, it's very stage professional. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Can't wait. So, folks, you, you get ready. Debbie's coming to San Francisco. <laughs> What's coming. the date again? We're coming at you. December 10th. Monday, December 10th, I Monday, think. Monday, December 10th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. Oh, we love having you on, and we'll talk to you in uh, about a month and a half, I guess, or awesome. a little less. Um, yeah. Love you, Miss Holiday. Love you. Aww. Aww. <laughs> well, let's go out. I'm, I want to give a sneak peek of my mix, if it's okay, Debbie. Do you mind? Yes, I'm recording. Yes, yes, it's not officially out of the queue yet, but uh, <gasps> this is like a world premiere. <laughs> Maybe. Premiere. I love it. Spoilers. Oh, did did you hear that, Tweeka? Yeah. 
It's a world premiere. Yes, world right here premiere. on House of Pride Radio. I That's love it. Why? <laughs> um, let's have a nice warm applause for the one and only Debbie Holiday. Yay! <laughs> I love you Alright folks, you're listening to House of Pride show. That's just half of our show, Phil B. Now I know you have to get going, so before you do though, yeah, tell uh, us where you'll be uh, performing. Be- before I do, I need to stuff my face with more, more chocolate from London. <laughs> no, um, where am I going to be? Um, I am taking about six weeks off. Oh. And I'm not DJing for until next year now. I'm going to go to London a couple of times. See you have family. family there. Yeah. yeah, I have family there. Can you pass um, the chocolate, honey? And, um, <laughs> yeah, and we just, what, I'm just going to go there and eat loads and loads of these chocolates. Yeah, yeah. Is this an English uh, candy? Yeah, it only comes out for about eight weeks around the holidays. Quality Street. Quality Street. And uh, you, so you can only get them for two months. They've been around since like 1930s. They're like yeah. an institution in the UK. And uh, yeah, it's just mm, a holiday so thing. Rich. Oh, so it just good. melts in my mouth. Yes. That, I bet you say that to all the boys. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> it's <Jealous>. delicious. <laughs> Thank you, Greta Garbo. So you're going to take... You're going to Take yeah. some family time and, and do some... Uh, I'm actually DJing this weekend in LA. Oh, okay. Well, there I you should, go, folks. But I should plug that, seeing as it's in three days' time. Yes. Um, at... Uh, is I should... Well, I need to pull up my Facebook LA. page because I'm not ready. It's Decompress Party, uh, One Life Presents, and it is in LA at a really nice venue called The Belasco. And so I'm DJing there this Saturday, 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. with uh, DJ Josh D, Joshua D. All right. You and heard so, it there. L.A. Yeah. fans, get ready. Yeah. It's been my first, my first time in L.A. for about three years, two or three years. So I'm looking forward to that. It should be a good turnout. That's going to be great. Yeah, Belasco's really not. And what, then after you do your holiday family thing, are you yeah. going to have anything set up? I have a um, in the studio a lot. I'm in the studio uh, this week working on a new project, and I just finished a new project last week um, for 
an artist, no, I can't really pronounce the name, Noah Anon, Noah Anon. Um, and they've, it's a chill out track called Summer. And it's very, it's a very minimal track. There's only about four lines of the, of the, there's only four lines of lyrics in the song. Mm-hmm. And they wanted a dance mix. That's and nice. it was really one of the hardest projects I've had to work on. But we turned it out, did a seven minute remix. Nice. And it's seven minutes. Yeah. Out of like just a like That's a, amazing. A, a song that was four lines, and so um, it came out good. It's very, it has a great movement. It's a little bit trancey, uh, tech like techy trance, and I think that's coming out in the next few weeks. Okay. So yeah, I've done that and Fantastic. just studio projects studio constantly projects coming up. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Winter. Yep, because there's always a slow time DJing in November, December. Really? Yeah, every, yeah, because everybody's doing house parties and yeah. the holiday stuff, and so it, it does. DJing does slow down, then it picks up again in February, February March. March. Yeah, once yeah. the holidays Valentine's. are over, spring is around the corner. Spring Valentine's. Love. Yes, love mm-hmm. is in the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can check out PV. That sounds P- like a good yeah. Idea. We just have to like tag along with Debbie. Yeah. Go to PV, sneak into her luggage. She probably has big, huge steam trunks. You know, mm-hmm. that you can fit people in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I want to bring in our uh, our guests who are patiently waiting in the green room. Jim, can you hear me out there? All they, right. They've been waiting for a lifetime out there. Waiting for a lifetime. Come on in. I can't wait to get into your story. Uh, why don't we go out, though, Phil, with a, a great remix you did for me on my one and only project with uh, Raquella. Oh, my God. Summertime. I actually, one of my favorite things I've done. I love this. It's great, great mix. Good job, you and uh, Andy. And, uh, Andy Alder and, and I did this one. Yeah, Phil, it's been a pleasure having you. Come back again. I don't Thank see you, you enough. I know. <laughs> Thank you. And I only live down the road. I should be here more often. Yes, sir. I'll just start start crashing the party every week. Every week. Okay. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.
Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to the House of Pride show live from San Francisco. We are back. That was a great first half of our show, but the party continues as we welcome new guests on to the show. I am so happy to have this gentleman back. He is the author of a new book entitled Now I'm Here. Well, he's here in the studio. The one and only Jim Provan Zano. Welcome. Thank you, Tweeka. Thanks for having me back. You've brought a sidekick. I do. I'm here with (laughs) prolific musician and composer Peter Fogel. I'm just here for emotional support. (laughs) Well, that's what we're here for. Any way we can help. Uh, You guys are actually doing book. You're doing your book tour more or less yes and um peter you're part of that uh yeah well actually we're here to promote the event that jim is putting on on december 6th yeah i've been doing a couple of uh readings and the first one at at dog-eared books in september i asked peter to play a few queen songs because my novel now i'm here is about well basically the, the elevator pitch is it's about a farm boy and a piano prodigy whose first date is a queen concert in south southern ohio in the 70s Right, it's a, it's a. I would say it's a love story between two young men. Yes, and um, the theme of queen music um, is is woven throughout the novel. Very much. In fact, each chapter is named after a queen a queen song. Yes, yeah. I had a hard time with that. I, I had a, I originally wanted it to be side A and side B, but then um, working on it, me and and my publisher realized that there were three sections, so it wasn't an album format. And then I thought, well, what if we went to like a four four fourfold, like the Yes album, but the, you know, wrong genre. So, <laughs> but anyway, Peter. So Peter performed a few live songs at the reading at Dog Eared, and then when I was in Los Angeles, uh, October twelfth, my old friend Dudley Saunders did a few songs at Book Soup in West Hollywood. When I did that, and then when I shot the um, actually months back, when I shot the second half of the book trailer, I like to make trailers for my books. The last few novels, because, cool, because I can. And uh, I I went to a friend's house, uh, Mike Finn, who runs the Finn. It's an apostrophe F apostrophe in. It's a guest house and a performance salon, kind of a big, yes. beautiful, historic Victorian uh, mansion that has a, a great gay history, a great lesbian history as well. We shot the the cover model who plays the character who plays the piano, and he faked it on the piano, which is a beautiful baby grand. And I thought I should do a show here because I just thought it would it would be fun to do Queen music. And Peter was the first person I thought of because 
Well, tell you're a big old queen fan. Because I'm a queen. You're a big queen. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Jim and I sort of have the same background in that we both uh, sort of came of age in the early to mid, late 70s. Okay. Um, and Sheer Heart Attack was the big album at the time when I was 14 and I fell in love with Queen. And from then on, it was just obsession. Did you and both grow up in the Midwest? No, I grew up in uh, Santa Monica. Jim grew up in a Ohio, Ohio, yes. <laughs> but uh, I had the uh, pleasure of seeing Queen in 1976 at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium with 3,000 people. Wow! So it was uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody tour, and I had the opportunity, oh, yeah. and I just was like, I was just beside myself. You, I knew I was seeing history. Were you already into music, or was this like opening uh, the door for you? No, I was. I was already into Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, etc. Were you playing and all that? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was just. I was actually. Um, I we won our junior. Your high talent contest. Oh yay. yay! What was the song? Was it a Queen uh, song? It was Strutter by Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh it? my God! Really and then uh, rock and roll. It was a Stone song. Yeah. I think it was either Brown Sugar or Jumpin' Jack Flash. Oh, like, Jumpin' wow. Jack Flash. Wow. Easy yeah. song. Just a couple yeah. of words. So. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it always sounds so more complicated on the radio. <laughs> but uh, yeah, back to Queen. So uh, I went with my uh, high school f- uh, blue beanie taker. Uh, those were little pills, blue yes. beanies. Uh, and uh, we, I, I think Cynthia's uh, mother actually drove us to the concert. We were fourteen years old. Those were the days. Fifteen years old. Yeah, and so we were we were just like we were just beside ourselves seeing Freddie Mercury and Brian and Roger Amazing. and uh, yeah the other guy. What's his name? John. John. <laughs> quiet one I always had a crush on him I saw Queen in 1978 in November at the Richville Coliseum which has since been demolished and uh, where I went to see many other bands but none of them uh, transfixed me the way Queen did Mm -hmm. Uh, they really had an effect and like to a lesser degree than Peter I played piano but I I wasn't in a band I just really wanted to learn how to play rock music and my teacher was like Here's some here's some Strauss and I was like here's some Jackson Brown and so I kept picking things and I did Bohemian Rhapsody as my senior high recital, awesome. a, a piano solo version. So that's like the first kernel of this novel was that at, uh, experience that I had and then I kind of expand it to a, a greater fictional length. The other aspect is two years later I dropped out of college and worked on a pumpkin farm. <laughs> For a I've worked on a pumpkin farm, so you know how, I do how know. exhausting and yet how earthy and you know it, it's a really sensual experience. To sensual is a great adjective. Run a tractor to be on a farm. We would I would sell vegetables and produce um, at malls like the J.C. Penney Mall next to tables with the Amish folk. So it was a real experience that I had no idea at the time. This is gonna resonate with you decades later um, but decades later I started writing a novel and then put these two separate experiences together as two separate characters and Queen kept coming up and I would listen to Queen and I put it aside for years uh, and other novels came along and you know I, I, then I heard like three years ago about the film being done and yeah I was going to say how topical that your book is out now as the uh, the film on the bio, I guess a bio film yeah film. yeah biopic biopic um, I kept getting relief when I heard about troubles because I thought oh I have more time but I really wanted to get the book out before the film came out to kind of prove that I, it wasn't just a, a quick idea this is yeah. something I've been working on for years and and here's a great coincidence but I've been enjoying like you know piggybacking hashtags basically in PRing the book and I've had a real resonant re- re- response some from you know gay social media people but really from the rock and roll uh facebook and and instagram groups that 
they find it because of Queen, and you, you have to be gay friendly if you if you're still a fan of Queen. I mean, yeah. So that has been really fun to find these. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, different yeah, people groups are people. being exposed to your work through this uh, common tangent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, a shout out to your um, publisher, Dream Inspired Press. No, beautiful dreamer press. Be- beautiful dream her. Although press. you said that that sounds like a new good name. I'll steal that. Okay, That's Dream Inspired <laughs> Press. Tweak it, Turner. Pen. Pen. Writers gotta have a yeah. Pen. It's a small press. Uh, Louis Flint CC in uh, he's up in Northern California and he does about two books a year mm-hmm. so I had really hands-on editing experience with him I actually rewrote stuff up until May um, and I really had a great time doing it usually the last four books five novels and short stories I did self-published um, and had a great time with those mm-hmm. uh, but this is uh, getting assistance and getting the the intimate prestige of a small press intimate as, prestige as um <laughs> So, folks, listening to us, Jim uh, is actually an award-winning author. You've won the uh, Lambda Literary Award yes. for... Uh, every time I think of you, uh, it was, uh, again, another pop song title of The Babies that features in the story. Um, uh, the group, The Babies? Yeah, yeah. The, Isn't it time we don't have to wait? Do-do-do, That's such them. a great song. Love them, love them, love them. <laughs> and, and I love them like Don Kirsch's rock concert was, you know, when I couldn't go to concerts or before my brother and I mostly were old enough to be able to go or drive, we would stay up all Saturday night and watch Don Kirsch's rock concert. And that was just one of the, this is a great song and it stuck in my head. So so the reason why Jim is inspired, obviously, from music, yeah. rock music, you you graduated as a, in dance. Yes. <laughs> I started in theater, then I dropped out and worked on the pumpkin farm and then went switched to Did Ohio Did you State. dance in the pumpkin farm when nobody was looking? No, no, I did not. And I don't even have any pictures of myself. I was trying to like, oh. I, had, I, I was hot then. I was this skinny little farm boy, you know, total. And, and I wish I'd been vain enough at the time, uh-huh. but I was so. To, to capitalize um, on it. I was not self-aware yeah. of how, how smart and good I was at the time. I think a lot of teenagers, and that's kind of where that's I That's pretty into common. The, book. Yeah. the two characters are very self-effacing. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. And their, their attraction is, is because of uh, Joshua walks into the, into the, the, the boys' room in between classes and sees Dave Koenig smoking in the boys' room, uh, wearing a queen shirt, and that it, it strikes up the conversation. So it, I, I used a lot of queen and th- parallels to use as a metaphor, but also a realistic way for this uh, friendship becoming a romance, uh, becoming you know a lot more. Percentage-wise, how, how much would you say uh, is based on your own personal experiences? Everybody asks that. They do they? Do they ask that? that? It oh is the, it, it, well, as I said, the, the Bohemian you Rhapsody. You seem like a passionate author. Like, like um, I feel like you, you kind of dive deep into your feelings and. And, really? Um, okay, thanks. Uh, maybe it's not true. I just, no, it's just no, it the is. impression just, I'm getting. I'm all surface. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's a shallow queen. Well, Peter, Peter, you compose musicals and stuff, and it, I think you, maybe you can correspond. Once it's done and you're outside of it, you know, I'm, I'm having fun selling it to people and pitching it yeah. and sharing it. But, like, I'll post something, and then one of my friends said, you made me cry. And I'm like, oh. Wait, on what page? On what page? I'm very fascinated by the, yeah. the, the alchemy of... Uh, ink and paper inducing a physical reaction in people the same way music Pretty powerful does, yeah. that, that it can just make people i mean be up and beyond in the valley of the wait wait above and beyond the valley of the ultra showgirls i was sore in was my that the gut. name of your concert uh, your tour uh that was a show i did with a band uh, enrique back in the 90s and i co-wrote some of the songs 
Yeah. Which we just revived at Oasis a couple times, actually. Yeah. Like 16 and, it, and 17. It, it's gut-bustingly hilarious because you're not only getting outrageous performances and drag but and comedy, but the music is fun, too. And it, it's just one of those things where you physically react to something. So I'm really fascinated by that. And I'm happy that, that my books have reached out to people that, that way. Mm-hmm. Well, now, where did you guys meet for the first time? Probably one of your shows, probably way back in the 90s when uh, I moved here. We met in the mid-90s when my friend Howie uh, stayed with you, actually, on uh, Lily. Shh, yeah. don't think where I live. <laughs> I have stalkers. Uh, that's um, anyway, so yeah, I've known Jim for like 25 years. Oh, you know, so. yeah, yeah. So uh, how long have you been in the city here? Is it, this has uh, been your base for some time? I just hit my 40-year mark. Wow. Oh. Yeah. 78. I came here right before Moscone and Milk were shot and before the uh, Jonestown. Um, wow. Mm, wow, what a history that you represent. Mm-hmm. Living testimony. Um, well, let's get into it a little bit because you have, I know of you as a persona of, at least in two bands and Pepper Spray and uh, the Wall is, is Nellies. Nellies, yeah. So a lot of people know those groups. Those are like amazing concepts. So fun. Yeah. I remember seeing you guys perform. I think it was at the DNA Lounge when, um, when Michael Soldier was in there playing keyboard, I think. Uh, he no. doesn't play any instruments. Peggy Legs. Oh, well, he, keyboard, that's right. He yeah. was just singing. Yeah. Yeah. And you play, what is your instrument of Guitar. choice? Uh, electric though, not yeah. a, not acoustic. Oh, I play both. Though. Yeah, and do you play other instruments or bass and piano? Oh. Yeah, yeah. And do you sing as well? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I actually co-founded co-found. I founded Pepper Spray. I'm gonna give myself credit for once. Give yourself. I it was your idea, Pepper, Pepper Spray. Spray. You came because, up with the name uh, because Michael Soldier, who went his Precious Moments back then, mm. actually inspired me to uh he said when are we when i gonna do a band with you i want to do a band and i'm like well let's see what can we do peggy likes plays keyboards Mm. i play guitar i've never really even done drag well except when i tried out for miss panty shack miss panty (laughs) miss panty shack wait i thought you said said miss panty shit that's funny i did that's what i said (laughs) miss tranny shack yes actually i think i tried out the year before i saw you that's so funny i was um, in that contest too was it the same year no it was you were the year a few years years after me everybody i guess goes through that like yeah their phase like oh i'm drinking oh no i'm not (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh so i'm like okay well what if i get um my drag queen friends which included peggy legs um uh, precious moments princess kennedy jordan lamore and then me i went as tinkle tinkle peterson um, what if we just established a, a rock and roll drag queen band that was like a wall of beauty across the front and lo and behold it turned out to be really popular. The original idea was I was going to write another rock opera, rock musical based on like a behind the scenes sort of act mm-hmm. but then they all wanted to do like oh I wanted to do Depeche Mode, oh I want to do you know the Ramones and so it became sort of a cover band. We did some originals and um, we have a we have an original EP, but um, that's how the whole thing started, um, and it was really fun. And we Amazing. opened for Share. You opened for that Share. That was our that was our claim to fame. Okay, so tell us how that the real story like how did that come about? So uh, we I muscled my way into Gay Pride, the main stage, <laughs> in two thousand three, and um, we 
they said, oh, we'll have you, we'll put you on after this name act at six o'clock. I said, no, we'll play at one. So, <laughs> so they gave us a one o'clock slot. Okay. And there was a Bill Graham representative, uh, and uh, we played Nirvana, it just smells like Teen Spirit. Yes, a brilliant cover. A bunch, bunch of other songs I can't even remember right now. But anyway, we were, quote, discovered by Bill Graham. And uh, two months later, uh, they said, hey, do you want to open for Cher? The show's in two weeks at the Conquer Pavilion. We said, sure. Yeah. So we did it, and it was hilarious. And people always say, did you meet her? And the answer is no, because they keep her cloistered away. She oh. she she literally steps out of her limo onto the hydraulic lift and goes onto the stage, does her show, and then goes right back. But I got to eat her meatballs backstage. <laughs> So that was she fun. made some meatballs. So well, I got to meet all her dancers because oh. I was the only one that got to go back in the back backstage oh. uh, where all the dancers and the musicians were. And I'm like, oh, I'm having some of those meatballs. I'm hungry. Meanwhile, I still had my Lucille Ball face on and like a baseball <laughs> hat, so I was like complete fish out of water. But yeah, they were really nice. The, her dancers were really nice. Her band was really nice. So, but but that was like our that was the apex of my career. Basically, so <laughs> yeah. it's all straight downhill from there. So I dragged him out of semi-retirement to help. <laughs> Promote my book. Well, <laughs> that's well, so funny. I want to tell you. I mean, Jim, you, the title of your book really resonated with me because "Now I'm Here" was one of the very first songs I learned to play in 1974 uh, on the electric guitar, oh. and it was the one that I literally practiced to. So when he said, "Oh my," see what's meant to be. Well, why don't we? You, you, I see that you brought your guitar here oh, into the, the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to, um, for our listening audience and us, uh, play that? I don't want to play that one because that one only belongs on electric guitar. You can't really oh. do a folk version uh, acoustic of that song, but I will play uh, one of my favorites. And I just want to do a couple little one-minute snippets of a few songs. Okay as a sort of um, teaser for the December 6th event, which we're going to talk about. Let's reiterate later. that. Uh, that's is coming September 6th at the event, at the venue that you just talked about. Yes, it's at December 6th at <laughs> the Finn. Did I say that's September? Oh, no, you're, we all did. He's, <laughs> Jim's eating one of Phil B's chocolates. I'm, I'm buzzing on the chocolate. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Finn is a Victorian mansion on 814 Grove Street in Alamo Square, and Mike Finn runs it, and he does. Oh, I totally know where that is. That's yeah, fabulous. It's beautiful. I've been in there. Yeah. Beautiful. Gaslight. Yeah, at the door a lovely baby grand piano and he has concerts there I just went to a classical music concert there um, last week and uh, it's an intimate space so get yeah. your tickets at Queen's Celebration it's where the Golden Girls Christmas used to old days in the old, old yeah, days in yeah the old days. and the puppet shows which I was mm. absolutely transfixed Amazing. by I love those that was what really uh, yeah. charmed me about it was oh things. folks this is fabulous so if you're looking for something to do in December this is an event not to be missed uh, it, the tickets are available on uh, Queen Celebration at Brown Tickets, brownpapertickets.com. You heard it here, House Pride oh, Radio. Let's mm. turn it over now to Peter, Peter Fogel. Ooh, you make me live Whatever this world can give to me It's you, you're all I see Ooh, you make me live now, honey The best friend that I ever had Been with you such a long time You're my sunshine And I want you to know that my feelings are true I really love you Ooh, my best friend Ooh, you make me live Ooh, I've been wondering 
Gentlemen, listen to House of Pride Radio here. We're here with uh, Jim Provenzano and Peter Vogel uh, to promote uh, Jim's new book. Now we're here. Now I'm here. Now I'm here. <laughs> the, well, the show. We're is, here, uh, and we're talking about seven. now no, I'm here. I, no, we're all here. We're all here now. The, the title lends itself to so much because, well, the story is about these boys who, you know, they, they fall in love in high school. They, you know, make out in the back of his truck and fields or whatever, and then they, they break up and they get separated. So one goes, flies off to Hollywood uh, for a, a kind of star search uh, if, uh, invite by a, uh, a kind of lecherous producer. And then um, the farm boy escapes to Texas to visit his family. And then they get reunited and they come back and they, they grow the farm together. They have concerts in the barn. So the, the whole concept was now I'm here, now I'm there. And, and now I'm here again. And and the song is kind of bisexual, the way Freddie was, because it mentions a woman, I love you so, and then the second verse it mentions a guy, I love him so. So I connected to that song in other ways, lyrically, but also structurally for the book. Um, that's why the book is called Now I'm Here. Well, I originally was going to call it Anyway, the wind blows. <laughs> but another author—that was the working title. Sounds well, like flatulence. To yeah, me. I know. Well, fortunately, another very best-selling author used that title for his book, and I, I quickly realized that now I'm here was a much better title. Yes, but the, the horrible thing I realized was that if they didn't like the book, they could say anyway, the book blows. <laughs> so, yeah, don't set yourself up. For yeah, that. you can't. You, yeah, so you go through a lot of that. Um, but but now I'm here it relates to that, but also it relates to the title. The title of the concert on December 6th is now. We're here, and let me let me just run through some of the other mm-hmm. wonderful folks who are performing. Um, I also, along with Peter, uh, who's going to sing with Peter, is the the infamously talented Lee Crow and her partner uh, Ruby Vixen, who'll be doing a few of their versions of songs. Uh, Suzanne Ramsey, who is also another queen devotee, a Barry native who saw them, I think, at age twelve. She snuck out of the house. Is her story. She'll do some <laughs> piano versions of and all the all the folks are doing versions they're not doing like straight covers they're doing their appreciative yet a, a variation on the thing mostly acoustic and the, the closing set will include diogo zabadsky colton schmitto and adam dragland um colton of course was the lead in the recent production of hedwig and the angry inch it was at, remarkable we saw closing night yeah right? you and me yeah. peter invited me and said well why don't you ask those guys i was like but but they're in this fantastic <laughs> i know how to deal with professionals so i emailed diogo and uh he's he's amazing on guitar and he's actually going to do vocals and piano he enlisted colton and also adam dragland who is a friend of theirs through the david bowie uh, tribute band this uh secret church of the sacred silver sexual who are amazing so i'm just i just found out today that adam's joining in so they're doing some kind of unusual ones like innuendo from the second mm-hmm. to last album which nobody covers that but their Queen cover band, which they were in for a few years, along with some traditional... And the special guest at the end is uh, Jason Brock, who will be doing a special... Oh, yeah. Big, we, love, we love Jason. Fi- big finale. Yeah. So I, I, uh, there's a certain song that you'll you'll find out if you go to the show. Another one by Stutz? No. <laughs> no. Oh. We're not going to tell. We're not going to tell. No, the, the lineup is shifting slightly, but it'll be a fun surprise. But Jason will, will lend, it, lend his powerhouse voice to the finale. So that's what I know. And plus, there'll be free champagne, just like a Freddie Mercury birthday party. He loves champagne. 
there will, however, be no uh, naked women's mud wrestling or cocaine served. So. As, far as, might you, be few, as far as you know. As far as I know. Yeah. There might be a few fat bottom girls. There might be a few, hint, hint. Yeah, fat bottom <laughs> yeah. girls. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, it'll be fun. It's basically a party, but at the same time, I just realized that I gathered some of my favorite p- people from years back and some new favorite people to, to help celebrate Queen. Mm-hmm. You know, in spite of the film, because of the film, because of the book, who cares? But and also, your book will be there on the table for purchase. yeah, for extra. If you want to buy in advance the the extra fancy pants, fifty dollars tickets, you get a free sign, you get a, a signed copy of my book. But I have my signed copy, folks, right here. Yes. Um, now I'm here with your signature. I will treasure are you this in- forever. Instagramming this as well? What are you, are you uh, doing? Live streaming. Live streaming. Multimedia. Wait, I'm a dress. Quick, get some lashes on. <laughs> Roger, do you have some, <laughs> some <Yes>. makeup? <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so, uh, speaking of um, powerful voices, uh, Peter, will you grace us with another tune? Sure. Um, and I just want to set this one up. This is my one of my personal favorite. Well, there's some so many of Freddie's. <laughs> my what, my very top favorite personal Freddie Mercury song that he ever sang, at least one of them. Uh, and I'm going to do my own acoustic interpretation of it, much much like Jin uh, just said. We will be doing at the. Um, at the, the end, at the December sixth event. <laughs> December, <clears throat> December, December. Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive, and the world's turning inside out. Yeah, floating around. Ecstasy, so don't stop me now. Don't stop me, cause I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. I'm a shooting star leaping through the sky like a tiger defying the laws of gravity. I'm a racing car passing by like Lady Godiva. I'm gonna go, go, go. There's no stopping me. That's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit I'm traveling at the speed of light I want to make a supersonic man out of you Don't stop me now I'm having such a good time I'm having a ball, yeah Don't stop me now If you want to have a good time Just give me a call Don't stop me now Don't stop me Cause I'm having a good time I don't want to stop that Some of our, our watchers, the, uh, Gail from my uh, from Florida wants you to play a crazy little thing called love. <laughs> well, what's her name? Gail, Gail Smith Hoyer. She is the manager for that fabulous '90s group, um, um, Company B. Wow. I'm fascinated Hi, by Gail. your love, girl, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Gail. Hey, Gail. Maybe as a closer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll play it for Gail at the. At the end of At the our, end? Yeah, okay, yeah. Gail, you have to keep watching yeah, a little bit Gail. longer. Get your friends online, Gail. So this, all of this fabulous music and conversation um, circulates around this book right here. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm here, available at all... 
at, well, locally at Dog-Eared Books, also on um, all the evil corporate websites that suck the life out of independent bookstores. Yes. Um, you can you can order then also ebook versions in uh, Kindle, uh, Nook on Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. If you want to avoid the corporate ones, Kobo is an independent ebook company, but also direct from the publisher, BeautifulDreamerPress.com, where no middlemen get the money. So, lots of options. Mm-hmm. There you go, folks. You heard it right here from the author himself. Yeah. Uh, what else should we know? Well, we can talk about the movie. Okay. We can talk about Queen for about six hours. Yeah. That's, well, see, that's the thing I mean, <laughs> well, well, that well, I was surprising yeah. about the reading was that, you know, I, I did this reading and a lot of people showed up. I was thrilled. Peter played music. And as soon as we went to Q&A, it was, wasn't so much about my book as much about people sharing their communal experiences about Queen. The first time they saw them, when, they, you know, when he died of AIDS and how they reacted to it, um, how they had kind of a falling out with them when, when they went disco. So everybody has a perspective. of Everyone of a certain age has a perspective that I think they're projecting into the film and into the music. And, and I did that too. By the 80s, I had forgotten about them because I was in college doing, you know, listening to Stravinsky and I wasn't even listening to pop music and rock music for years. And only recently in the last um, five years, as this book started getting in the front of my brain, I found obscure songs or, or bouncy pop songs like Don't Stop Me that are now my favorites. I mean, I had my favorites from the first four albums and then I've expanded into listening to, you know, uh, Innuendo and and A Kind of Magic and really finding the, the diversity of the band's compositional skills and also just enjoying it because that's what they were always about entertaining you know um and i, I just found that that really resonated with me in the last few months as i've been binging on queen concert footage and documentaries and just me like too. yeah like today is the 44th <laughs> anniversary of the release of their uh, album sheer heart attack which is one of my favorites my brother had that since i was about 10 i think and we would play it over and over until the parents complained so there's a lot, I think, uh, and people of a certain age, I'm writing it for anyone, uh, obviously, to read and to enjoy, but I think people over a certain age have, uh, even if they're not big fans of Queen, they, they get that era, uh, the coming of age in the 70s and living, and also having friends die of AIDS in the 90s, even before there were any kind of medications worth um, mentioning, that it's, an, it's a time that I remember very profoundly, and I'm trying to share, and also just to remember it before we all start forgetting those days. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you can tell that Queen has such a shared influence on your life, um, on the characters' lives as well. Yeah, you know, you know, definitely. I mean, there, there's more to the story than just Queen, but it was a bouncing point, and and um, I, I hope that I even have a playlist on YouTube of the chapter songs in mm -hmm. order. It would make for a terrible concert because it's, they're so uneven. But all the songs, you can find versions of it on, on my uh, YouTube channel. Just Google my name and you'll find it. Yeah. Along with three or four videos of Peter performing with pepper spray <laughs> that are really good. I really was a great little nightclub cinematographer in the, a few years back. And you can see pepper spray in their three or four performances that, that they're really You've done so much. <laughs> both of you. Both of you. Um, so, are you still a um, a reviewer on the, um, the the fabulous paper here in town, um, the Bay Area Reporter? I'm the nightlife editor. I edit the yeah. bar tab section, which I created back in 2010. Um, so I, I you know assign uh, features mostly, but when someone special comes along, like a member of the B52s, I'll go, oh, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> hi, Fred Choice Schneider. Picks. Yeah. Hi, Cindy Wilson. <laughs> and uh, Cindy Wilson just followed me on Instagram. So um, that's the fun part. Yeah, um, that the, is fun. The other part is just knowing you know trying to keep up because uh, a lot of folks are just sending things willy-nilly around the internet but they 
don't send me an actual press release so I have to hunt down how much does it cost to get in and things like that right. that's the work um, but it's really fun to promote mostly through listings and feature articles local nightlife scene in the Bay Area uh, with a obviously a priority on the LGBTQ uh, events and people mm -hmm. but I like to expand it you know to other other things that I find interesting or how, I think how close did you ever get to actually uh, you know interviewing the Queen um, members oh I wasn't even thinking of that then back in the day no no, no. no. I mean the the fun thing with book soup was that uh, when I went to the reading at the bookstore in mm -hmm. LA I found out that Brian May had been there a year before uh, promoting one of his 3d projects and I asked the the, the book uh, person who helped me set up go where did he sit <laughs> <laughs> and then you promptly took that chair and set up. well he did a signing in the back and I sat up by the window which was fun because right outside the window across the street in West Hollywood was a huge fuchsia billboard for Bohemian Rhapsody so I had Rami Malek looking down on me somewhat approvingly as I read a section from the, oh. a scene where my character plays Bohemian Rhapsody Rhapsody at a high school assembly, and then it broke out in a huge rainstorm. And oh my fucking god, that's so deep. It was great. It was great. I I I, I was cavelling. It was fun. <laughs> so, um, give us a review of the current movie that's out. Uh, okay, ahead, so we actually saw it together, Jim and I, at a special screening at the Castro Theater where What's three, the name of it? I forgot. Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody All right. Where three of the actors, yeah, three of the actors yeah. were actually interviewed on stage by the promo company. Who, who was the guy that was interviewing them? Some some guy, some radio Liam, Liam Maklem. Okay. A wonderful local interviewer. Yeah, and, there you and go. The foodie guy. guy. Oh, I know, I know Liam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you uh, were to review this movie in two minutes... How would you do it? Go. So it was factually inaccurate, uh, but it was a sanitized for, uh, Jim and I were discussing, for a teenage market, I think, to, to maximize on the Queen's story. But it had so little to do with um, the actual real story. Uh, it, was, it was just very sort of whitewashed, in my view. And Jim and I were sort of poking each other, going, "Oh no, that, they didn't do fat bottom girls in '76. No." Yeah, yeah so. there were a lot of uh, anachronisms, and I think the fear was that it would be straightwashed. And there is gay content, and they mention it, but it's a very straight perspective, a very retro kind of moralizing. Mm -hmm. Oh, he partied too much in Munich and while wearing leather, so that's how you get AIDS. It was a very strange in retrospect to see it. I think I was a little just overwhelmed to actually see it. I was kind of starstruck to finally see it. So I love the concert footage that was recreated. But in retrospect and looking at reviews and realizing, why did I have a problem with it? Because it wasn't as charming and as, uh, uh, and as beguiling as Freddie Mercury was. I mean, Remy Malek did his best, but there's if you look at five minutes of an interview with Freddie Mercury, you're more charmed by those five minutes than you were in the whole movie because he was such a capricious, you know, flippant too brilliant for the world kind of person and to capture that by an actor with you know using teeth and the brilliant costumes which just it wasn't enough I will say the acting was extraordinary I thought it was really good and of course it was amazing to see uh, and hear all those old songs again in a compact setting yeah so that was really cool and Gwilym Lee as Brian May is dead on I mean he's yeah. amazing he looks just like him but he acts just like him and the whole um, how they how Freddie composed and how they recorded Bohemian Rhapsody, the song, at the farm, is utterly fascinating. It's great. Because then you look at the actual um, documentaries that Brian narrates, it's that fact, uh, obviously I was obsessed by the song as a teenager, but to see piece by piece how the layers were created in both documentary and the dramatized version, that's fun. The Live Aid concert recreation, which they filmed first, uh, when Brian Singer was still the director, 
<laughs> is brilliant because it's shot for shot. I mean, they got every Pepsi cup on the piano is placed exactly right. But I think there was too much emphasis on that kind of thing and less on write a script that is compelling and adult and mature. And they didn't do that. They did a, a, a PG thirteen. You know, PG version because they wanted kids to buy Queen music, which is very yeah. smart, yeah. astute. Brian and, and Roger, you know, kudos to them and EMI or whoever owns their music now for doing that. You know, okay. But so on the scale of five stars, what would you give the movie, Jim? Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. What about you, Peter? Three. Okay, not too bad. I mean, it's fun to see. It, it, that, that's solid. That's you have like, to put aside all the things that we know and and older gay men in specifically know about AIDS and what happened and why it ha- how it happened, mm-hmm. and say they're telling a fictionalized story of a real thing, and you just have to let that go. Okay. I think all the hardcore Queen fans will agree. Let it go. We still know what really happened because they read his lover Jim Hutton's memoir, or they read the biographies, or they saw the documentaries. They know what really happened, and they're forgiving it because they just wanted to see this movie. Yeah. The guy that plays Jim Hutton is really hot, too. <laughs> but um, totally. it, it did seem, as I was watching the movie, I was just thinking, this is so formula. It just mm-hmm. felt like a by-the-numbers Hollywood movie. Yeah. At the same time, it's really entertaining and super fun. And it's really kind of cool to see somebody impersonate Freddy. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, That's cool. So, will you appease Gail Smith-Hoyer in uh, Oh, my Florida? God, Gail, you're so demanding. Gail, Gail. <laughs> This thing called love, I just can't handle it. This thing called love, I must get around to when I ain't ready. Raise a little thing called love. This thing called love, it cries like a baby in a cradle all night. It swings, it shines. I gotta be cool, relax, get hit, get on my track, take a back seat, hitchhike. Yeah, that was great. For uh, you, Gail. Just yeah, for you. Gail says thanks, Pasita. Hey, Pasita. She says, I love you all. <laughs> love you. Buy my book. <laughs> Buy his music. Got some new fans. Great. And once again, this all circulates around. <laughs> now, I'm uh, now I'm here. The now new book I'm by here. Jim Provenzano. Buy it now at your local bookstore, folks. 
and support your local talent. But you won't see me. That song, Now I'm Here, came out 44 years ago, exactly today. Oh, on my, the God. Sheer Heart oh my God. Oh, my God. That, that was amazing. a monster hit for them. It was. It mm-hmm. was. And they did this wonderful thing with the stage lights where he would appear on one side of the stage and the lights would go out and then he would appear on the It was magic. Yeah. It was a backstage helper, right? It was a roadie that impersonated Freddie on so one side. So that he could be on the other yeah. side of the stage. It was cool. I saw it, man. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's end the show with what is your favorite Queen song? Raza, we haven't heard from you in a while. I'm sorry. We'd love to get you in. <laughs> Do you are you a Queen fan? Yes. Oh, great. Of course. What Queen song? If you had to live with one Queen song for the rest of your life, um, "Don't Stop Me Now." Ooh. Okay, we already played that. I know. You gonna play a recorded one? I wasn't thinking of it. Jim, oh. which one would you you know? Would well, you, yeah, you, Bohemian. Now I'm here. Yeah, because I'm now I'm <laughs> yeah. here now. No, it is. It, it actually is more of a favorite than Bohemian Rhapsody, which of course is brilliant. We love it. We love its 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 metaphoric operatic sensibility. But it's yeah, it's I, I wouldn't have a favorite song. I w- would write a novel, title a novel after. I guess so. <laughs> um, but you know, Brighton Rock is still one of my favorites because I like to try to s- squeal and sing the Roger parts, and I can never do it. Oh, I love. <laughs> Couldn't even do it as a kid. Trying to imitate Happy Roger. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the hard rock stuff, actually. And then, you know, Melancholy Blues. I also used to play that at parties on demand in high school. Um, the bluesy stuff, the... the um, no, I can't decide. Sorry. In some. For me, it was Bohemian Rhapsody just because I remember it being in the fast food restaurant in my mom's station wagon back seat uh, when I was 14 years old and hearing that song on the radio. It was just the seminal, like, life-changing moment mm-hmm. where it's hard rock and opera and, like... Ballad. Yeah, and camp. And the other song, of course, is Killer Queen, just because mm. it was so. She keeps a mowing. Yeah, it's it's camp. Oh, I mean, it's, I love that. Song. Instantly that's recognizable. About, that's yeah. the thing about Freddie Mercury is that he wasn't afraid to go there where other rock stars were. Yeah. And uh, of course, they came up in the time of glam rock, glitter rock, and it was accepted to be effeminate and kind of fay and everything. But he took it to the extreme level. And us gay boys are very grateful that he did. Oh that. gosh, yes. Oh man, it was. I actually on the way back from the Queen concert, the part that I fictionalize barely in my novel is <laughs> is I had to explain to my friends stoned off our asses in the van on the way back with our bootleg t-shirts what a queen was and why Freddie was wearing leather and my three friends had no clue and I explained and in the process basically came out to them because it was like why do you know this Jim? <laughs> I was like well so in having to explain the subtext that Freddie Boy, always, <laughs> always charmingly averted he always danced around it and people say oh my god he was you know he hid the fact that he was gay he didn't come out like a hero he hid that he had AIDS it's like this was another era this is a guy who grew up, grew up with a traditional family and it was his choice and in my younger staunch activist phase I think I would have rejected that behavior but the guy's you know he's gone let him let his life the way he chose it that's what he did and in, yeah. in retrospect it's just like man he got away with so much yeah and also remember the times that that it was happening i mean in the 70s it wasn't nobody was really out elton john wasn't out no uh the, the bass player in sticks wasn't out oh, all right. oh i got to interview him chuck panasso <laughs> michael soldier says hello from provincetown oh, hi no precious, precious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god people are listening that's great i know it's thrilling uh, one song um so I didn't really I didn't get it I didn't get the connection now I do and my god it's brilliant but when I was a kid in high school I was just like oh this is a big hit I really like this song so mm-hmm. Another One Bites Dust rocked my world of course that yeah. was their biggest US hit they did their second 
and biggest U.S. tour when that came because it crossed over into the R&B and funk and DJs. R&B and funk, that bass line to die for. John Deacon, baby. John Deacon, all the, the that and uh, and Under Pressure and You're My Best Friend. John Deacon wrote some of my favorite songs. We Will songs. Rock You, too. Yeah, We Will oh, Rock You. That's a big that, thing. Oh, I play that Here. DJing now, actually, from time to time. Like, We Are the Champions kind of thing. That goes over. It depends on the audience. But, yeah, I love yeah. their fast version that they do to open concerts. They did that in 78 and the late 70s. They did their fast version of We Will Rock You. So there's just so many. I mean, you can go yeah. any day of the week, and there's a Queen song. Any mood, there's a Queen song to go with it, I guess. Peter, is there a way to play the bass line acoustically? <laughs> <laughs> another one fights dust, and another one goes yeah, it's sort of something. It's so simple. Yeah. It's so yeah. catchy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so incredibly catchy. Hats off catchy. to John Deacon. They were all songwriters, by the way. The four members were equally strong in songwriting in every possible. Yeah, way. and Roger's songs too. I mean, they're they're manly and masculine, but there's a sense of flair. Like "In Love with My Car" is very rococo sounding. I could I always imagined music videos as a kid before there was MTV, and one of the ones I imagined was animated smoke curling up out of a racing car into musical notes. During you know um, that song, and, and it's just it's that's the fun part of the movie that you know we can critique it for subtextual content, blah blah blah. It's when you see them making fun of Roger for what became a great song that you know no you can't release it as a single. It's hilarious because you're in on the joke mm-hmm. if you've experienced if you grew up with Queen. So that's that's kind of what I'm putting. In. There's there's the, a part later in the book where um, Joshua decides to throw a concert in the barn with actually Pink Floyd, not Queen. He's he's matured. He's on to other things. And that's another avenue that I'll get into like with the, the Pink Floyd fans is just that they're ravenously devoted. Um, and the same with Queen. That you, you, I've, I've, I've kind of struck a, a, an aorta, a vein, a deep vein with like certain music fans with this book. You struck my aorta a little too hard. <laughs> ah. I don't know if you'll survive. Wait, it's not... Ten out of my aorta. Where's the aim? 